Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. And welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Welcome back to episode 510. Today we're going to read verse 39 of the Parents Tao Te Ching. Are you in the way? Wise parents let things unfold with as little interference as possible. They remain out of the way, not calling attention to themselves. Their children discover the natural harmony of things and work out their conflicts in ways that establish true peace. When parents interfere and constantly meddle in their children's lives, the natural order is forgotten. Conflicts are escalated, learning is curtailed, and confusion reigns. There are certainly times when we should guide. We naturally want to protect our children and teach them what we have learned. But it is best when we let that guidance be as unobtrusive and gentle as possible. Forcing lessons on our children may get the immediate results we want, but our children may be left without discernment, unable to build internal strength of character. What are your children in the midst of learning now? Are you in the way. Mm, This is a good one. And maybe a little bit of an ouch. I, this one particularly resonates with me because I have a soon to be 18 year old. He turns 18. uh, Well, he, by the time this episode gets released, he will have turned 18 two days ago. So, He's getting ready to head off to college, and for several years now, I have been trying, my husband and I have been trying to stay out of his way. Let him make decisions. Let him figure it out. Talk through things with him and give him our ideas or insights or thoughts, opinions, or, uh, you know, if you make this decision, I think it could go this way. If you make that decision, I think it could go that way. What do you think is best for you? That's kind of how we've been approaching him for several years now. And I have to say, it's working quite well. I am very pleased with how he makes decisions And I feel very comfortable about him heading off to college, hopefully this fall, as long as the pandemic allows such a thing. 
he he has learned how to take uh, information into consideration and make decisions. And it's been beautiful to watch that evolve, that, that skill evolve in him over the years. I feel very confident that he has the ability to make his own decisions, uh, make decisions that are ultimately in his best interest after carefully thinking through the ramifications of one decision over the other. And I think this is what we need to be doing with our children always. I encourage parents to do this from the time they're little, two, three, four, five years old. You know, do you want blueberries or strawberries for, for your snack or with your meal? Do you want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? you know, stuff like that. Those decisions don't have, (laughs) don't necessarily have big consequences. They're not huge, weighty decisions. But if we help them to practice making decisions now, or like immediately, no matter what their age is, the sooner we help them start making decisions with them as the decision maker and us as the guide or the consultant, the better it will be for them because they will get more and more practice. Now, going back to what I was saying with my son, we've kind of handed him the reins more and more over the years. And we're there offering our suggestions or ideas or input, thoughts, whatever. We ultimately let him make the decision unless it's a situation where the decision he's he wants to make is completely outrageous in which case then we would step in and take a you know a slightly firmer approach to with him uh i'm trying to think of an example um Let's say he wants to go to, when he was uh, in 10th grade, he wanted to go to a party. And we, he asked us if he could go, and we asked him a few questions about the party. You know, would there be drinking there? Would the parents be home? Who else would be, it was invited to the party, et cetera, et cetera. And he ultimately or he ended up honestly telling us that he fig- he assumed there would be drinking there and that he was pretty sure the parents were not home and so rather than us just immediately stomping down on him and saying absolutely not you're not going we talked about it and talked about whether that was a good place for him to be and we talked about the potential ramifications of what could happen if he went to that party. Now, that conversation has happened in various ways with parents and kids everywhere for all of time. But rather than us taking a firm, a firmer approach and saying, no, you're not going and here's why, 
we took a more gentle, a less controlling approach and said, well, here is what can happen in a situation like that. And I know that you want to go because your friends will be there, but what, what do you think is the best decision for you in that situation? And he ultimately changed his mind about going to that party. I know how badly he wanted to go. I know how badly he wanted to be a part of that social scene. But talking to him gently allowed him to uh, really see the logic and the, the truth of what we were offering to him without shoving it down his throat and saying, absolutely not, you're not going. And then he kind of said, well, you know, I don't even feel like going anyway. I'll just stay home. And then he didn't go. Now, we could have forced him and said, no way, you're not going. And then the focus would have been on how unfair we were and everybody else's parents let them go. And, oh, you, you guys are so unreasonable. You're so strict. You're so controlling by allowing him to come to the conclusion that it wasn't in his best interest, we sidestepped all of that. It was no longer us being so unfair and such terrible controlling parents. It was just, well, I want to go, but it's not really a place where I should find myself. Now, if we had talked all the way through that and he came to the conclusion, well, I'm willing to risk it because I really want to go, then we would have stepped in and said, well, actually, we're not at all comfortable with you going there, knowing that the parents aren't home, or the parents are likely not home. So, I mean, we can, if you want to get us their number and see if they're actually going to be home, then we can consider saying yes. But if you can't get their number, don't want to get their number, or they're actually not home, then we really can't let you go. So we could always resort to a more, you know, the buck stops here kind of a stance on things we feel strongly about. But we don't have to go there as a first resort. It's much better if we, as the author in this uh, verse says, if we try not to force lessons on our kids, we may get the immediate results we want, in this case of him not going to the party, but our children may be left without discernment, unable to build internal strength of character. So if we had just decided right off the bat that we weren't going to let him go, and I mean, in our minds, we knew we didn't want him to go, but we didn't go hard at that right from the beginning. So we allowed him to practice discerning for himself and really balancing, I really want to do this. There are going to be a lot of kids, a lot of my peers will be at this party. I really want to go. That's a really strong feeling for a kid to have. But yet going is not a wise thing to do. So how does he balance that? How does a kid balance wanting to do something but knowing it's not really all that good of an idea. And if we take that decision-making process away from them, we're not allowing them to learn how to do it for themselves. So I hope that this uh, episode has given you some ideas, no matter what age your child is. Oh, I wanted to go back to the shirt color. Let's imagine that 
your child is headed off to preschool or kindergarten or first grade or something, and they're doing some kind of painting art project. Well, I know they, they probably have smocks anyway, but let's imagine for a second they're doing some kind of painting project at school on that day. And you're talking to your child about, do you want to wear the white shirt or the blue shirt? Well, maybe they want to wear the white shirt, but maybe the white shirt is not a good idea if they're going to be doing some messy art projects. And we could help the child to see, you know, we say, do you want to wear the white shirt or the blue shirt today? I want to wear the white shirt. Well, I know how much you love that white shirt, but remember, your class is doing that big art project today. And wearing a dark shirt is probably better for a big art project because if you wear the white one and you get paint all over it, you might ruin your shirt. Now, in that case the consequences are not dire. So if they think it through at that young age and decide, no, I want to wear the white shirt, because at that age, when they're younger, they really, really want what they want, and they have a hard time seeing the, the possible reasons why that might not be such a good plan or a good choice. So maybe you let them wear the shirt, the white shirt. You know, maybe you really strongly end up strongly trying to convince them to wear the blue shirt and then they wear the blue shirt and they do the project and it's fine. Maybe they really strongly want to wear the white shirt and you decide not to force them to wear the blue one and you let them wear it knowing that they, you know, letting them know you'll have to be very careful because that painting project, you don't want to ruin your shirt. And then they go to school, they get paint on their white shirt and then they come home, and now they're upset that they got paint on their white shirt. Well, as a parent, it would be really not a good idea if you say, see, I told you so. I told you not to wear that white shirt. I knew it was a bad idea. I told you you were going to get paint on it. Well, your child is already upset because they wore the white shirt after you had the conversation in the morning where you suggested that they don't wear the white shirt. So they're already feeling bad about ruining their favorite shirt and knowing that you were right. So rubbing it in is not going to help them at that moment. You have a beautiful opportunity there to stand with your child and offer compassion. In your mind, you might want to say, I told you so, I told you not to wear that white shirt, but keep that filter on your mouth and instead, go to your child and say, oh, honey, I'm really sorry that you got paint all over your white shirt. That's just what we were talking about this morning, right? Well, why don't you take it off and I'll spray it with some stain remover and then we'll put it in the washing machine and see if we can get that, that paint off, okay? I know how upsetting this is for you. But let's try and remember this so that we don't wear white shirts when we're going to be painting, okay? So you see how you can be so gentle? You can help them to learn the lesson in a gentle way rather than coming at them full force. I told you, I knew it was going this way. I told you not to do that. All you're doing is creating disconnection between you and them rather than bonding and offering compassion and standing with your child as they're really upset about the fact that they got paint on their favorite shirt. 
And they're the ones who made the decision to wear it. They need compassion in that moment, not more lecturing. And the same thing is true when they're teenagers. And the same thing is true when they're adults. So no matter what age your child is now, the best thing you can do is keep start immediately trying to allow them to make their own decisions with you as a consultant rather than you being the decision maker and taking it away from them. When they leave our house and go to college or go travel the world or get a job or whatever, they're going to have to learn how to make their, they're going to have to make their own decisions. So why not let them start practicing making their decisions now while they're still under our roof and we still have influence in their lives. Okay, that's it for today. I hope that helps you and gives you ideas and some uh, insight and clarity no matter what age your child is. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please stop by iTunes and leave a review. They really help me and the podcast out. And if you have any further questions, please just send me an email, erin at erin-taylor.com. Have, make today a wonderful day for yourself. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to erin at erin-taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.